0: Talk to my friend, Drew and Allen. And I'll tell you what, he's a tough guy. A millennial conservative. I've, I've become a big fan of One your writing. of the great young thinkers of our time. Appreciate and his opinion. Drew Allen. And True die-hard Allen. conservative. this guy for wisdom.
1: Well, a January 6th committee, it's corrupt, it's politically motivated, just like we've known all along. Now we have, now we have evidence, direct evidence that proves what we've known, what we didn't need to see, but of course, what the media and Democrats you'd think would see and say, hey, we got to cancel this thing. We got to get rid of it. What am I talking about? You know, I, I'm, I'm fired up today. I got to be honest with you. It's one of those days. You've probably had those days. I, I, uh. Just, just things happen. My dog, I had to take my dog to the vet. Uh, and, and he ended up needing a, an operation, surgery. He's okay. He's fine. He's back home. It's been pouring rain all day. And then I come in here to do the show. I'm trying to do my, my, my show prep. And my, my, my printer doesn't work, so I can't print any documents. So I've got to look at everything on the computer, and it's just kind of throwing me for a loop. Today's just an odd day. But, you know, I'm a consummate professional, just like we all do. Things go awry, but when it comes down to doing the business, to doing our jobs, and the important task ahead, well, we put our heads down, and we just get through it, don't we? And that's what I'm going to do here today. But I am fired up, and really all this stuff that's happened today really feeds me right now. Because I am frustrated. I am fit to be tied, if you will. Well, you heard about this, right? You had to have heard about it. So the January 6th committee, you know, they, they all along, they didn't have anything. What, what has been their assertion all along? You know, they, they have this phony committee, right? They're supposed to determine innocence or guilt, but there is no determination of innocence or guilt because they already claim that Donald Trump is guilty. Guilty of what? Inciting an erection, if you're Adam Schiff. An insurrection. Inciting it. You, yeah, that's exactly right. That's been their premise all along. Trump was behind this. He wanted to overthrow the government. He gave the orders. My God, how he wasn't even... Do we have video? Do we have video of Trump even in the audience there in a disguise? Leading the charge? Like like picket? No, but that's been the purpose all along. And we knew... We knew that he did not incite an insurrection. You have to be insane or stupid to believe that he incited an insurrection. We have the speech. We have the timetables that don't even add up. He left after telling them to make their voices be heard, to peacefully. He used the word peacefully, explicitly. That's not inciting an insurrection. And of course, this activity was taking place. People were moving over. He had nothing to do with it whatsoever. Whatsoever. More importantly, though, the way they promoted this in the media, it became a hoax. It became a hoax. That's not to deny that a bunch of idiots, you know, decided to do what they did, but most of them had no criminal intent. And you know what else? What did we have to endure for an entire summer? Hundreds upon hundreds of violent protests by BLM and Antifa that did far more damage economically by pure numbers of damage to buildings and so on and so forth, in the billions, with a B, more people were killed by BLM and Antifa in their riots than in this. And and more police officers injured. But this, of course, the most dangerous moment in 100 years. The greatest attack on our democracy and so on and so forth. I'm so sick and tired of it. But now we have them tampering with literal evidence that they're trying to use in this committee to find Trump guilty of inciting an insurrection. They didn't have the goods. They didn't have the goods, so they're trying to invent the goods, just like they did, just like they did with Trump-Russia collusion. They never had the goods. It was all made up, and it was lie after lie after lie when one was proven false. They just doubled down and get a new lie going. And that's why it went on as long as it did. And, of course, when Trump Trump suggested, was pondering the fact that maybe he should shut down the Mueller operation and certainly suggested that it should be shut down because it was a political, well, it was a witch trial as well. It was another show trial. And what happened? It was a show trial. There was no Trump-Russia collusion. In fact, there was collusion between the Democrat Party, the DNC, Hillary Clinton, and the Russians because they made the Steele dossier to feed that narrative to the media to create this idea that he had stolen the election. They are the ones who were engaged in a coup attempt. It was the Democrats all along since Trump first came into office and even before he was elected. It was the Democrats who were engaged in an effort to subvert democracy. To reject the will of the people, if you will, as they always call it. And we've had hoax after hoax. It's all been a lie. Russia collusion was a lie. Quid pro quo was a lie. And who was at the tip of this? All as the spokesperson on the intel committee. Adam Pencilneck Schiff. That's who. That guy should be in jail. That guy needs to rot in a jail cell. If he did this kind of crap, he would be in a jail cell. If he weren't a congressman... On these committees, politicians get a free pass. They can commit a coup. They can commit treason. Nothing happens to them. I I got a clip here I want to play for you in just a minute. Of just a few. It's a short clip, 15, 20 seconds even, of Adam Schiff's lies. Every time he's promoting this crap. And he's proven to be a liar. And what happens? Nothing to him. Meanwhile, the Democrats have voted to censure, for example, Paul Gosar. Or Gosar, I don't know how you pronounce it. Republican there. Because he retweeted some video... They want to censor him. And, um, you know, Mark Meadows, by the way, who's the one who turned over these, these text messages, that reveal what? They reveal that nothing. It's a big, fat nothing burger in. But it's not going to stop the media from spreading their lie and the Democrats from lying. That's right. So, so Adam Schiff and this committee get a hold of private text messages sent to Mark Meadows, Donald Trump's chief of staff, from... Sean Hannity, Laura Ingram, other uh, uh, senators, Republican senators. Most of them urging Trump, hey, hey, we got to stop this. You got to stop this. And what happened? Donald Trump did stop it. Did stop it. He wasn't behind it, but he came on TV. He made his address. He condemned it. He did everything they wanted. And this is the thing. Never do what the Democrats want because they want it. Because it never gets you anywhere. Donald Trump did exactly what they wanted, despite the fact that he wasn't involved. And what? They're still accusing him of of inciting an insurrection. So we got these text messages, and we'll get into them in a minute. First, I want to play Adam Schiff, because we've got to dispose of this guy once and for all in our minds. And Republicans must take back the House... They must take back the Senate, and they must treat the the Democrats the way they're treating Republicans. But the difference, of course, is we actually have a case. We don't have to fabricate one. These people must be investigated. And, you know, while this fake committee, this witch hunt, these Stalinists, these communists, Marxists, who are destroying this country and want to burn it to the ground for their political gain, these great gaslighters, who everything they accuse Trump of being, everything they accuse you and me of being, everything they accuse the Republican Party of being, they're gaslighting because it's them who are responsible for it all. Not Republicans, not Trump, not you and me. It is they who are guilty of everything they accuse us of. And so the purpose... Back to the purpose, January 6th, to ensure that Donald Trump could never run for office again. That was that was the goal of this all along, to punish him, to put him in prison if they could. They impeached him already for the insurrection, and they didn't win. It was shot down. He was found innocent. And so then they double down. They make a select committee. And you know the only two individuals in the House who voted for this select committee? You know who they were? Guess. Adam Kinzinger and Liz Cheney. Those two reprobates. Those two reprobates. And every time the Democrats need something, you know, they they don't even need them. They just vote with the Democrats regardless. But it's always those two. Those two. So anyway, they get these uh, messages. So Trump, impeached for uh, inciting an insurrection, found not guilty. They set up a January 6th committee. It's partisan. The conservatives on there who would be the opposing view, opposing view. You know, it's like this. If you set up, if you have, imagine you have Kyle Rittenhouse trial. Kyle Rittenhouse trial. Imagine you have that trial and you vet all of the jurors and you say, will you find, will you find Rittenhouse innocent or guilty? And they all say innocent. And you say, okay, you're on the trial. In this case, it's, okay, we, we're going to have a bipartisan January 6th committee to investigate the events of January 6th, even though we already know the events that took place on January 6th, even though we tried to impeach Trump and find him guilty of inciting the erection at the Capitol, but we're going to set up a committee to investigate it anyway. And you can only be on this committee. If you believe Trump is guilty, that's what happened. This has been a sham from the start, a sham from the start. But anyway, before we get into those those text messages and everything else and the rest of my commentary, I'm fired up, folks. I hope you're staying with me here. This is Drew Allen of The Drew Allen Show, the one and only, speaking more common sense and truth in one hour than Democrats will speak in their entire lives. Like Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, always searching in vain for a coherent thought. Me, I got nothing but coherent thoughts. But that's me. I was born this way. I don't know. Thank God for this brilliance. Thank God for awakening me. Thank God for not making me ever, ever have any desire to be a Democrat. Thank God, literally, for shielding me from such amoral depravity, such intellectual deficiency. I don't know. Thank you, Lord, and thank you to my mom and dad for them as well. All right. So I want to. I want to play a Shifty Shift here. Pencil next shift. This is what he had to say. Actually. What I'm playing for you is just a quick clip of all of his lives, just to prove the point that once again, when Adam Schiff talks, when he says he's got the goods, he's a liar. He's a liar. Here it is.
0: While there is abundant evidence of collusion, the notes of the call reflect a conversation far more damning than I or many others had imagined. A week ago, the president incited an insurrection against Congress to prevent the peaceful transition of power.
1: Now, there's a rumor out there. It's not really a rumor. I just haven't looked into it because I don't care so much. But apparently he was a aspiring Hollywood screenwriter or something like that in California before he became a congressman. And it's obvious to see why he didn't make it. He didn't have the goods there to write a a inspiring, convincing storyline because none of these have been successful either. And just like his failed screenwriting career, Adam Schiff is a failure in Congress when it comes to spinning lies to underwrite, to destroy Donald Trump and bring about their desired outcome of overthrowing the 2016 election. But here they go. Their guy's in office, I mean, because they cheated, but their guy's in office and they're still going down this road because they fear Donald Trump. And that's a powerful case, by the way, to Donald Trump's re-election. Yeah, I got some beef and some things to talk about that he needs to correct as well if we go down that route. But we'll talk about that later. So, all right, there you have him. The first, of course, oh, yeah, I'm certain we've got him. Trump-Russia collusion. I've seen it. It's real. And then you got quid pro quo. This is this is more dangerous, more damning than I ever could have imagined. He incited an insurrection, all three lies, and yet he is out there telling them, doubling down on them. Quid pro quo. Quid pro quo. Sp- this is exactly what happened by the way with Trump. This is how they do it every time. Take note. Take note. They just throw out a lie. Try and get it to stick with the media. When it starts to crumble down all around them, they throw out another one. They double down. They're always deflecting and throwing out new things, by the way, that are always meaningless. It's so The reason it's so hard for anyone to understand fully the Trump-Russia collusion narrative is because it's a bunch of lies after lie after lie, and so you can't keep up with it all. You can't keep up with it all. And then quid pro quo. We had the transcript of the phone call. We know there was quid pro quo. There was no quid pro quo. We know that the allegation there was, oh, Trump in the phone call threatened to withhold, you know, military aid finances to Ukraine if the Ukrainian president did not investigate Joe Biden, a political opponent for the purposes of helping Donald Trump get reelected. But, you know, also, that didn't happen, by the way, because he had stopped aid seven days or so before the phone call, and it was admitted later that the Ukrainian president didn't even know until a month after the phone call that that aid had been withheld in the first place. So it didn't matter. But that we knew, and they still impeached him for it. That's how sick and dangerous these people are. But, of course, you know, when the media lies to the American people in an election year, and actually removes content and news stories, even if you're the New York Post with credibility. They removed those news stories about Hunter Biden's laptop, saying it was Russian mis- disinformation, misinformation. It was false. The fact checkers all said, oh, no, this isn't real. It's a lie. And then, of course, we find out it was true. But that's not a problem for them, right? And then the last one. The last one there, you heard him. <coughs> Pardon me. Shifty shift. Incited an insurrection. BS. They didn't have the goods, so now they're going after text messages. Because they just, they just need... Look, their case is so weak, they're just grasping for straws. They know they can't find it because it doesn't exist. They know he didn't incite an insurrection, but they're looking for something new that they can spin to keep going, right? So every time it starts to, to, to fade out and die away, lose its steam, they need new fake evidence to propel the lie forward in perpetuity. And so this time, we know there was no incitement. He was impeached and found not guilty. And so they wanted these text messages to desperately search, desperately search for any straw that they could spin. And they did. They did. They lied. They lied. This committee knowingly altered a text message sent to Mark Meadows, altered it to try and make the case... The Trump inside of the insurrection. I wanna hear you read Adam Schiff announcing this bombshell, bombshell nothing burger on TV first, and then we'll get into it.
0: Of these documents, I'm particularly struck by messages that come from lawmakers who were sending them to Mr. Meadows in the days around January 6th. In a time period, he's now saying he won't discuss with the committee. I want to display just a few of the messages he received from people in Congress. The committee is not naming these lawmakers at this time, as our investigation is ongoing. If we could cue the first graphic. This one reads, on January 6, 2021, Vice President Mike pent as President of the Senate, should call out all electoral votes that he believes are unconstitutional, as no electoral votes at all. You can see why this is so critical to ask Mr. Meadows about about a lawmaker suggesting that the former vice president simply throw out votes that he unilaterally deems unconstitutional in order to overturn a presidential election and subvert the will of the American
1: people. So that nothing burger, well, let's backtrack. That's a lie. He puts a graphic on the screen of a text message. They added a period and deleted the following paragraphs that followed in the text message. So they have tampered with their own evidence which would shut down any other trial in America but this is a special trial the January 6th committee it's from congress so they hold themselves to a different standard there in this court in this kangaroo court they're allowed to tamper with evidence they're allowed to lie they're allowed to perjure and all for the for the to, to get the verdict that they want That they're going to give. And so you heard him read it. So that text message, that was sent from Jim Jordan to Mark Meadows. Now, Jim Jordan, it was a forwarded legal summary. It was three paragraphs long via text message from an attorney named Joseph Schmitz. And that was summarizing a four-page legal memorandum that Schmitz had written regarding congressional certification of the electoral vote count. So the graphic, all right, the text message that Schiff is saying is so alarming because he's saying that basically Meadows is getting a text message encouraging him and Trump to overturn the 2020 election results. Calling on Pence, allegedly, you know, that he should uh, call out all the electoral votes that Pence believes are unconstitutional as no electoral votes at all. Now, by the way, to go off on a tangent that's important here, Pennsylvania, the election results out of Pennsylvania were constitutionally null and void. Do you know why? Because in violation of the Constitution, the state constitution of Pennsylvania which gives the legislature the sole ability to set election law, the Supreme Court that was overrun by leftist activists, they violated the Pennsylvania state constitution and altered election law unilaterally themselves, a violation of the constitution. So extending the dates that mail-in ballots, for example, could be brought in and accepted, That wasn't what the legislature ruled, but the Supreme Court intervened and changed election law. That that negates the results of Pennsylvania, period, constitutionally. So all of this talk about, oh, there's no case. No, no, no. No, no, no. There was rampant fraud that is has been admitted. I'll get to a story about that in a little bit if I remember. But nonetheless, I just want to set the tone for you there because that's a big lie out there, too. So anyway, in the graphic, this text message, the period at the end of that sentence was added. It was added. The select committee said they're responsible and they regret the error. It wasn't an error. They did it intentionally, intentionally, to try and spin this web of lies. I mean, think about this. They get the text messages that they want to condemn Trump and make their case that he incited an insurrection. And the messages don't prove their case, so they change the messages. That's what we're dealing with here. But anyway, the whole text was taken out of context. It was doctored. And Schmitz had texted Jordan, good luck tomorrow. And then he included this Word document as an attachment. And then Schmitz, he, te- he texted Jordan a three-paragraph summary of the Word document. So it was a summary of this Word document, which shift then, this is according to the Federalist, sliced and diced. And then attributed to Jordan. So not only did Jordan, was it not Jordan's words and advice? It was a forwarded message, message from a lawyer, Schmitz. So they lie. So they say that Jim Jordan sent this text message telling, urging Meadows and Trump and Vice President Pence to overturn the election. So that's lie number one. And then lie number two is they take it out of context. They take it completely out of, out of context. And so because of this, this this committee should be shut down. And in fact, you know what we really need if we want an investigation? Because we know what took place on January 6th. A bunch of morons broke some glass at the Capitol. The doors were opened for them by the Capitol Police. Yes, there was some fighting out there. There were no weapons. That's a lie too, by the way. But yeah, it got rough. It was a protest. And then they allowed people into the Capitol building. That's weird. Why were the doors not locked? Why would you permit them entry? And also, why did a Capitol police officer murder an unarmed veteran named Ashley Babbitt? Oh, you can't talk about that. He was defending the Capitol building. Defending the Capitol building. And the other thing I want to comment on, all these text messages to me, from my insight, and this won't be popular with some people, but I speak the truth. From Laura Ingraham, Sean Hannity urging Trump to do something. Oh, this is, you know, they were focused on how it looked politically. Trump's got to come out. They all had their opinion, and they had the, the direct line to Mark Meadows. So they're pushing this. But they're watching the same news and TV crap that we are, being fed the same narrative that was not true. It did not have the context of what was happening on the ground. And what we really need to understand in all this, if we're going to have a real investigation, not this crap into Trump's involvement because he had none whatsoever. What we really need is the circumstances by which the Democrats created a scenario in which this could take place. Trump wanted the National Guard there. What happened? The D.C. mayor, Nancy Pelosi, the Democrats, they denied it. So Trump actually... That proves the case that he did not want to incite an insurrection because he actually thought that because the crowd was going to be big and because something could happen, that the National Guard should be present to deter anyone from even thinking about doing anything stupid. And they shot him down. They did not, did not bring in reinforcements. And contrast that, by the way, with the 2016 election. Police were everywhere during Trump's inauguration. And so they could not get to the Capitol. But that did not stop the radical, radical, insane, pro-Hillary Clinton insurrectionists from lighting cars on fire, injuring six police officers, breaking glass at doors and businesses around the D.C. area. Oh, that wasn't an insurrection, though. No, 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 that wasn't an insurrection. So here we go. But what we really need is we need the text messages of Adam Schiff, of Nancy Pelosi, of Democrats. We need to get to the bottom of what conversations happened, what was going through their minds, that they denied the National Guard from being there, that they had such a limited Capitol Police force that they were overrun by these several hundred protesters. We need text messages from Schiff and Nancy Pelosi during this event. Were they texting CNN? Where did CNN, NBC, MSNBC, all of the mainstream radical left media, where do they get the identical talking points to say that Trump incited an insurrection? That there's an insurrection at the Capitol? That there's a threat to democracy? Why did they all spew the exact same verbiage? Where did that come from? It's not coincidental. You don't watch that event and insurrection enters everyone's mind. Trump is responsible, enters everyone's mind. That was, those were talking points. Where did they come from? How prepared were the Democrats for this to take place? Did they want it to take place? I guarantee you their emails and text messages would be illuminating into the, the pre... Because they knew. They were warned by the FBI, by the intelligence community, via Facebook posts and everything else that were, they were public information... That people were actually organized and coming out there. Furthermore, I want to know about the FBI's involvement in this. Were they involved in encouraging this behavior? Because we know that they do this time and time again. There have been instances for many, 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 many years about this type of activity being, well, more or less, encouraged, created by the Democrats. Years and years they've been doing this. Look at the the Gretchen Whitmer case. Do you remember that? She was going to be kidnapped, right? There was a kidnapping plot that was discovered. And then we find out that FBI agents had inserted themselves in a group out there. And one of the FBI agents had become risen to number two in this organization. And the idea of kidnapping Whitmer didn't come from the group. It came from the FBI. They planted the seed. They nourished it. And then they reported it to stop it. So actually, the FBI plotted to kidnap Gretchen Whitmer. Did the FBI also plot for this January 6th insurrection? We know that they've been um, setting up other events like this throughout the year, in different occurrences. This is driving me crazy. I got to say, you know, I, I got you know, I print this stuff out so I have it organized in front of me, and I got a million tabs here. I got my stuff going on, but it's just not. It's just not the same. It's not the same at all. But I thought you should know that about this information. But what's the media reporting? Are they upset by this doctoring? No, they're not at all. They're still claiming that, 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 oh, these text messages prove that Trump was responsible. Because why? Because people are reaching out saying, Trump, Trump, do something to stop this. That doesn't prove he's responsible. And it's taken out of context again. It's an absolute lie. And you have, but it's just, it's just enough. For these stupid individuals in our society that worship CNN, that worship these Democrat politicians and their narratives, who do not exercise critical thinking at all. I've noticed this about Democrats. When I talk to them, they have no interest in investigating anything. They have no interest in asking questions. They just want to regurgitate whatever's been told to them, whatever's been spoon-fed to them. That's it. They latch on, and their ignorance of, of reality, and what actually goes on is stunning. It's absolutely stunning. And their, their desire, their vehement, well, the way they come to the defense of Democrats is amazing too. Even when they do something wrong, they say, oh, somebody else did this, or Trump did this, or, you know, they, they, they never, ever will condemn their own. But this committee should be shut down. And when Republicans come back in Congress, I'm telling you what, we have every right. To open up investigations into the Trump-Russia collusion stuff with those Democrats involved? And we have to, to save this country. We have to, to get to the bottom of all of this information. But that's what the January 6th committee should be doing. Looking into the Democrats' role in this, the FBI's role in this, not Trump's role because he didn't have a role. Meanwhile, these people who have been arrested for just being there and present, who walked around the Capitol, didn't break anything, for example... They're being held like they're terrorists in, in Guantanamo Bay. In fact, the terrorists in Guantanamo Bay have more rights than these January 6th protesters. You can quote me on that. I stand behind that. That's absolutely true. The terrorists in Guantanamo Bay are treated better than the January 6th protesters. If you screw with a Koran, oh boy, oh boy, don't you touch a Quran. You don't have to destroy it. You know, the uh, infidels who aren't Muslims... We're not allowed to touch that sacred document. Remember in Guantanamo Bay years ago, all these, all these terrorists were, were, were filing their claims, so to speak, against their mistreatment there. And one of the allegations with they was, was that they were uh, abusive because they were handling the Quran. I kid you not. Meanwhile, the January 6th protesters, we just had Marjorie Taylor Greene investigate that. She went down there and and gave an entire report about the conditions there. And they are lousy, to say the least, for people who mostly are guilty of breaking and entering on federal property. But if you're a BLM terrorist who burned down a building, well, Kamala Harris, she was raising funds for your bail. Welcome to America under the Democrat Party. All right, this is Drew Allen. I'm going to take a short break, and I'll be right back. You know what is it exactly that Donald Trump himself was supposed to do? You know, I I think that part of this part of this push by the media to have Donald Trump call off the insurrection, if you will was to try and cement in people's minds that he was responsible for it. He asked for the National Guard. They didn't provide it. All right? And so the, the protesters uh, enter the Capitol building with permission and blessing of the, the Capitol police officers there. And then Donald Trump is told, you got to do something. What, what is he supposed to do? He's not on the ground. What, what are these protesters are, what, what, is, it, is, it, is it a bar? Is it like a bar setting? Did they have big TV set up outside the Capitol, inside the Capitol, inside Nancy Pelosi's office, where that guy with the horns on his head had his feet propped up on her desk? W- were they suddenly going to turn on CNN, turn on the address of the president? Did they have their phones in front of them waiting for their leader, Donald Trump, to tell them, hey, knock it off, guys. I mean, th- this is so stupid also. Th- they weren't going to get that call anyway. They're not watching TV, they're not on their phones, they weren't listening to him to begin with. But Donald Trump, you gotta call this off. You gotta do something. Do something. He asked you to send in the National Guard. Get more police officers down there. Capitol Police, Donald Trump. And this is the thing. Sean Hannity, <clears throat> Laura Ingram, look, this is not their fault. And I, I just am using this them as an example. But even they fell for this hoax to send messages to Mark Meadows saying, hey, look. Donald Trump's got to got to condemn this right now. He's got to condemn this because they were watching the media taking place, the narrative taking place just like we were. But realistically, what is he going to do? So he did it as a gesture, but it was it was like a virtue signaling. Donald Trump meant it. He didn't want them to take part in that action. He meant what he said when he condemned it, but his condemnation on TV wasn't even going to be heard or received by the protesters. So what influence would it have? It was just signaling. And he played into the narrative by doing that. I mean, he did; his hands were tied. He had to condemn it. But the, the point that the media and the Democrats were pushing was to, to, to make it look like they were listening to him, responsive to him, because he's the one who had him do it, and he's the one who's going to have him stop. <clears throat> That's the problem with that. That's the problem with their text messages. But the media is misconstruing this totally. They have no case again. But anyway, I just wanted to to tell you that. But more about the 2020 election, the AP is now finally recognizing fraud. Now, we are told that no fraud happened in 2020. No, no, no. These were the safest, most secure elections in American history. And yet the AP, the Associated Press, has reported on the contested states. Do you know what they found in Arizona? Arizona. 198 instances of potential fraud were identified in six counties. Who did this? Highlights. Many of the cases involved allegations of people casting multiple ballots. Whoa! Casting multiple ballots. That's not supposed to happen. That doesn't happen. Mail-in ballots. Unsolicited mail-in ballots when you get rid of signature verifications and you have mail drop-off boxes where you can just put in 100, 1,000 at a time in the dead of night and nobody knows who dropped them off who dropped them off where they came from yeah yeah that is a sign of security felons voted despite being ineligible ballots received in the name of voters who were dead oh my gosh oh it sounds like we have a case again it sounds like Mike Pence should have actually done what the uh, lawyer Schmitz was saying he could have done Georgia what are the highlights in Georgia uh... Well, of the 64 potential cases identified by the counties, 31 were determined to be the result of an administrative error or some other mistake. The rest are being investigated. Michigan. Michigan. Highlights. Who's responsible for this? Oh, well, they, you know, they play these numbers down too, right? Most of the 56 potential cases involve two people. Suspected of submitting about 50 fraudulent requests for absentee ballots in various counties. It goes on and on with Nevada and everything else, but, you know, we're told this can't take place. So here's a few examples they're giving. You know, they're obviously spinning this to say, well, it's, you know, too insignificant to me. But the point is, the point is, let's just. Let's just say 2020 is done, and and it looks like there's nothing we can do now, right? But the fact that the AP is reporting that all the things that we said would take place, that they said couldn't take place, did take place, well, we should be securing elections. We should make sure that mail-in ballots don't happen again. Because obviously, per the AP, the mail-in ballots that they said weren't problematic, they're now admitting were the sources of fraud. Which takes me to the Democrat Party. They're giving up, have you heard, on the Build Back Better plan. They're shelving it for now. They're shelving it for now. And now they're putting their weight behind the Voting Rights Act that they're proposing. The Voting Rights Act, let me put it simply. This is what it is. Red states are shoring up election laws. And Mark Elias, who worked for Perkins Coy, he was part of the law firm that that funded, funneled the money from the Democrat National Committee and Hillary Clinton. He funneled that money at Perkins Coy to pay for the Steele dossier. He's since left because they're a disgrace, and he's hoping no one will notice. Now he's got his own operation set up, and he's suing state after state after state for implementing election integrity measures that would prevent 2020 from happening in red states. He calls it an attack on democracy, but we know he's attacking democracy. He's very, very, um, you know. There's a lot of job of the huts in the in the Republican Party, but if I mean the Democrat Party, but if you look at, at Mark Elias, I ever see a picture of him? I mean, he's got six necks, and uh, he looks like he could be a um, the offspring of Jerry Nadler and Brian Stelter. Yeah, no, I'm kidding. I'm not. I'm not kidding. I I mean, Mark Elias. Looks like the love child of Brian Stelter and Jerry Nadler. If those two Job of the Huts had a Job of the Hut son, it would look like Mark Elias. But anyway, his whole purpose and dedication is to suing Republican states to prevent them from ensuring that all these instances I'm talking about, as stated by the AP, can't happen again. And so the Voting Rights Act is an anti voting rights act. This gets into the point where you know the Democrats do what they do. You know, uh, we say guns don't kill people; people kill people. They ridicule us, but it's true. When your name is um, is uh, well, if you're a Democrat and I'm just trying to think for a second, uh, Daryl Brooks. That's what I'm trying to think of. If you're if you're a, a black BLM terrorist and you mow down 60 people at a Christmas parade in Waukesha, well, then, um, well, you know, I I guess my point is, guns don't kill people, people kill people. But in that case, in that case, I guess they would agree with us. Uh, Because an SUV killed people, and apparently was self-driving the way they reported it. So Daryl Brooks didn't kill people his SUV killed people. It's just hard to digest. It's hard to even make sense now when I think about all the things they ridicule and then how they 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 basically deny their own theories time and time again. But anyway, like I said, here I am, discombobulated but doing a great job. But anyway, back to my point. Um so this this Voting Rights Act. What, what they want to do is, so red states, they hate that they're passing election integrity measures. They don't want signatures to be verified. They just want massive mail-in ballots. It doesn't matter who sent them in. Doesn't matter if they belong to the person that they're supposed to belong to. Every, this is, this is what I was getting to. What do the Democrats say? Every vote counts. They mean that. Every vote. Doesn't matter if it's an illegal vote. Just every vote counts. And then we met counted and said, no, no, every legal vote counts. And they made fun of us, but that's the truth. And so what they want to do is if they pass the voter, uh, this new voter integrity bill or voter voting rights bill, they're calling it, they will establish a, I believe it's three people, a three person panel. It's of judges in Washington, DC. they will be Democrats and they will be the final authority and say on whether or not whether or not a state's enacted legislation for their own voter laws can uh can exist so it's like their own little leftist Supreme Court that's going to rule in their favor every time so if you're Texas and you pass voter laws that require signature verification, well, you can't do that it has to go to this three-person judge panel, Democrats, who will then rule, you can't do it. You see how they do this? This is why we call it the nationalization of elections, because that's how it works. All states must submit, essentially, their legislation for their own states to this three-person Democrat panel, who will then determine whether or not they can do it. So you don't have states' rights, and the states will no longer have an ability to set election laws in their own states. So, obviously, the purpose is clear. It's a way for the Democrats to get their hands on the election, how elections are conducted in all 50 states. That's what this will do. But the American people aren't buying this any more anymore than they're buying the Build Back Better plan. And I've got a theory on the Build Back Better plan, too, by the way. Now, I know they couldn't get Mansion and Cinema on board, that was part of the dilemma. But, that aside, the Democrats need some kind of campaign issue to run on in 2022 in the midterms. They know they're going to get shellacked and their base is not fired up. So how have they been pitching the Build Back Better plan? You know, universal pre-K. Uh, all these sorts of things. Now, we we I I think that they are misstepping here. They don't understand the the electoral makeup of the country right now and how upset Americans are at them and how not stupid many Americans are that they think are stupid. Yes, some are stupid, but not everyone. People are waking up because it's hurting them, inflation and everything else. And they're watching these politicians acting like these emperors, these kings, like King George III saying, let them eat cake. They see it and they are waking up to it. Um. So I th- I think build back better they they're they're putting this on the back burner. Obviously because they can't pass it now, but they're not going to admit that it's not popular. What they're going to do is run on it in 2022 as a campaign issue. So they're going to say, "Look, everything's bad, it's the Republicans fault, plus uh cinema and mansion." But anyway, it's Republicans fault and if we had passed the build back better plan, inflation would be gone. The Supply chain crisis would have ended. Americans would be richer than they've ever been before. Everything would, would be great if we just had passed the Build Back Better plan. So they're going to use that and lean on that as a campaign issue, trying to get voters to vote for the Democrats in the 2022 midterms. Don't doubt me on that. That's that's going to come with the messaging. They opposed Build Back Better. We would have We would have fixed everything. Oil prices, gas prices would have come down. Cheaper than you can imagine. Utopia would be here if we had been able to pass the Build Back Better plan. And what else have we seen from Joe Biden? He's uh, <clears throat> he's kicking the can to Congress, saying <clears throat> about, remember he's he promised loan forgiveness? Loan forgiveness. We've seen them trying to trickle this out there with, uh, is it Rashida Tlaib and some of these people whining? They get paid $174,000 a year by you and me, taxpayers, and they're complaining about not being able to pay their $30,000 of debt back. We didn't force them to go down that that uh, <clears throat> part me. Goodness, <clears throat> uh, we didn't force them to go down that that road and pay that money. It's not our fault. Have some responsibility, but they've been leaking that out. <clears throat> and Joe Biden, that was a central campaign promise that he was going to fulfill. All right, pardon me. So I just had to go silent just for a second there. I, I gotta admit, I ate some chips and salsa during the break. One of my favorite foods of all time, hot salsa. Messed me up. My throat's going crazy and, uh, I have to drink water. But anyway, um, chips and salsa aside. So they've been trickling that out and, you know, the media's been <clears throat> crazy, right? Joe Biden, he has gone back on a central campaign promise and they've kicked it to Congress saying, If Congress sends me the bill, I'll sign it. So they put it on Congress, and I think it's strategic. I think it's another way of them approaching the midterms and saying, look, we got to keep our Democrat majorities in the Senate and the House of Representatives. Because if we get, if we get, if we retain the House and Senate, we will send a bill to Joe Biden's desk for giving loan debt. I think that's what this is about. It's strategic. Because remember, Joe Biden's not up for re-election. It's just Congress they're worried about. It's just Congress. And they look like they're going to get shellacked. So they need as many rounds uh, of ammo, as many of these positions as they can to run on to fire up their base because their base is unenthused. Historically, they're going to get shellacked. And so that's, I think, what part of this... It's not to say that's the only reason, but they will... They will use whatever disaster awaits them and try and spin it in a positive way. Try and use it to their advantage is what I'm trying to explain. So Build Back Better, that's going to be a campaign promise. All right. They're going to pin. Look, everything's going to get worse before 2022. No doubt it is because their policies aren't changing and they continue to take double down on activities that have resulted in the problems we have today. Whether it's inflation or rising skyrocketing gas prices or anything else. So BBB, Build Back Better, that's going to be on the docket for them 2022 to run on. And now the uh, loan forgiveness, I guarantee that's going to be on there too, saying, hey, we got to get these Democrats in office, or maybe, no, that's, I mean, that's what it'll be. I'll stop there before I get too philosophical here. But uh, don't doubt me on that. That's definitely the case. But um, I want to get into, I'm going to take one more short break to clear my throat here. I don't know what's going on. I'm sorry. It's not COVID. I'm, I'm recovered, but. I want to get into uh Dr. McCullough. He was on the Joe Rogan show. You probably heard about that, right? He got in there and said some things that, you know, we're just waiting breathlessly for Spotify to take that episode down because he speaks the truth. But we're going to get into that, and then I'll finally close out, and I'll talk about my thoughts about, uh about, um uh what am I trying to say here? Trump running for re-election in 2024. But before I take this break, You know, Zuckerberg has admitted, by the way, that fact checkers on Facebook are just, it's their opinion, people. Are you surprised by that? Will it change anything in the minds of Democrats who think the fact checkers are some kind of gods? That aren't just human beings sitting behind keyboards in their mother's basements? Just saying, this is not true, because I say so. But that's what they are, and Zuckerberg's admitted it. Once again, vindication. Just just know in your minds, do not get beat down by the media. You and I are right. You and I are brilliant. You and I are on the right path. This is the Democrats who are astray and are insane. Alright? Don't don't think for a minute there's something wrong with you. There's not. We're in this together. Alright, I'll be right back, Drew Allen, <clears throat> clear my throat, and uh we'll close out. On the mausoleum floor, blood stains the Coliseum doors, lies on the lips of a priest. Thanksgiving disguises a feast rolling in the Rose Royce caniche. Only the doctors got to some hot from police. Cocaine seats, all white like I got the whole thing bleached. So, dead people voted in 2020, felons voted in 2020, people submitted more than one. Ballot in their name in 2020, unsolicited ballots, investigations going on. Meanwhile, 2020's already been determined. None of these things happened. Uh, And um, we were told this couldn't take place. So anyway, in summary, all the things the Democrats said couldn't happen in the most secure election in American history did happen. And now that we don't want those things to happen again, they're fighting for their Voting Rights Act, voting rights legislation to prevent prevent these dastardly uh, Jim Crow Republicans from preventing dead people from voting again. So that's that's the summary. So now I want to play Joe Rogan. He had Peter McCullough on his program. And I want you to hear this exchange between them and then I'll get into it further.
0: It was a premeditated thing that they were doing. So they realized that in order to and get people enthusiastic about taking this vaccine, the best way to do that was to not have a protocol for treatment.
2: It's not just my idea. Now it's completely laid out by the book by Dr. Pam Popper, the book recently published by Peter Bregan, uh, COVID-19 and the Global Predators, We Are the Prey. I wrote one of the uh, introductions. Dr. Lee-, 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 Lee and Dr. Vladimir Lysenko wrote the other introductions. These books are basically nonfiction. They have a thousand citations in the Bregan book showing how it was coordinated Implant. Now, Bobby Kennedy has his book out, The Real Anthony Fauci. I'm um, the most uh, uh, mentioned physician in that book. I can tell you that if you want to find the evidence that Moderna was working on the vaccine before the virus ever emanated out of the lab, if you wanted to find the the collusions and the operations between the Gates Foundation and Gavi and CEPI and Pfizer and Moderna and the vaccine manufacturers and the Wuhan lab and the National Institutes of Health and Ralph Barrick and University of North Carolina at Chapel Hill and how all this was organized. If you want to see the Johns Hopkins planning seminar called the Spars Pandemic in 2017, where they had a symposium, people showed up, they wrote up their symposium findings, they published this. It says it's going to be a coronavirus. It's going to be related to MERS and SARS. It's going to come over here to the United States. It's going to shut down cities and frighten people. There's going to be confusion regarding a drug, hydroxychloroquine or ivermectin. And we're going to utilize all that in order to railroad the population into mass vaccination. It's laid out in the Johns Hopkins Spars pandemic training seminar. The only thing that got wrong was the year. They said it was going to be 2025.
1: So that was Dr. Peter McCullough uh, being interviewed on the Joe Rogan Show. Now, The media has tried to, like they always do, discredit anyone who tells the truth. Peter McCullough is a cardiologist. He was the vice chief of internal medicine at Baylor University Medical Center and a professor at Texas A&M University. This is not a schmuck. He has more experience, more knowledge, more practical experience, than, let's say, Tiny Tony could ever dream of. Tiny Tony who botched the AIDS epidemic. Tiny Tony who still has yet to deliver um, a cure for AIDS, as promised, as he tried to develop for so long. But of course, when it comes to COVID, we've got the fastest vaccine, vaccine created in humankind's history. That's right. In just less than a year, we have a vaccine. They changed the definition of a vaccine to fit the vaccine for COVID. But at a bare minimum there, you hear him talking about how basically, I mean, this was all predetermined. They talked about this happening in these symposiums. I mean, this is like sci-fi crap. I know it's hard to digest I know it's hard to digest. I know the hardest thing to try and comprehend is like how and why. But just realize it's happened. And the key point that I want to talk about there from his his conversation is that there was a direct a collusion to suppress um, treatment options for COVID. And when the vaccine came about, it was all towards The the vaccine, that was the only solution. But before that, look, I mean, hydroxychloroquine, ivermectin, which we know work. There have been studies that have come out despite the lies from the left. It's just like the Hunter Biden laptop story, right? When it was time for the election, in those months leading up to the election, when it was not... Uh, beneficial to the Democrat Party in Joe Biden's election uh, campaign to acknowledge the corruption, to acknowledge the the deep-seated uh, sickness that his son had based on the the photos and the drug use and the sleeping with random women on his laptop. Well, they said that wasn't true. They discredited it. And then once Joe Biden was elected... Well, then they, they they changed their story, issued corrections, and said, actually, the Hunter Biden laptop's real. Everything on it is real, too. Same thing here. I'm about to say some very, very difficult things to di- 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 digest. I hope you will just listen to me with an open mind. But he's saying they denied treatment options. We know this. When Trump promoted hydroxychloroquine and... Doctors also, the frontline doctors, also promoted hydroxychloroquine and zinc as responsible treatment options. They said that those things were dangerous, despite the fact that hydroxychloroquine has been around for decades and proven to be safe. Same thing with ivermectin. Ivermectin. It's been around for a long, long time. It's cheap, and that's the key. It's cheap. But there's something more sinister. The reality is, the reality is the government, Dr. Fauci, Tiny Tony, these Democrat politicians, they have blood on their hands. Had people been given life-saving treatments, many, if not most of those lives lost to COVID would have been saved. Had, had the government been actually interested in saving and protecting American citizens from COVID, they would have outlined a strategic treatment plan that wasn't just get COVID, get on a ventilator, and die. They wanted this pandemic to kill and be responsible for the deaths of as many people as possible. And the best case scenario, the least conspiratorial scenario, as I always say, is that simply it was about crony capitalism and collusion between the pharmaceutical companies and those in Washington, D.C. Because I told you the story. I met a nurse who was quitting her job because she was told not to administer these life-saving treatments by her hospital because they weren't going to make money, because they were cheap options. She was told to give new experimental drugs that were very, very expensive and unproven in order to make money. That's the most damning revelation of all. All of this nonsense, we had treatment options that already existed that were suited, were suited towards treating COVID. But those treatment options were demonized lambasted, ridiculed by the media in conjunction with Tiny Tony and these bureaucrats. These things that could have saved people's lives, we were told were going to kill you. They were dangerous. Despite the f- Think about this. Ivermectin, hydroxychloroquine had already been around. They were deemed safe because they'd been issued for decades. And then all of a sudden, These same drugs who'd been used and deemed safe were deemed dangerous. And then the vaccine, which was rushed in a year, which doesn't even provide immunity to COVID-19 without any study groups, without any data because you need a long period of time. That's why the FDA... Whatever, these pharmaceutical companies aren't going to release release the data for 75 years. Why wait 75 years? Well, we'll all be dead by then. There was a Premier League soccer player. I forget his name, but he was a monumental talent. He was still very, very relevant. He got the COVID vaccine. And now he has a heart problem and he's retiring from soccer. He plays in Serie A, not Serie A. He plays in uh, Liga 1, I believe. The top league in Spain. And he's retiring now because he's developed a heart problem that he has said is directly related to him getting the vaccine. I mean, these are things that we should just objectively as a society be studying, looking at, and realizing there are issues with the vaccine. And just realistically, we won't know until down the road what the side effects are. There are drugs that aren't released for 10 years after going through the, the lengthy process that typically exists. And then you see the ads on TV with a one-minute you know, disclaimer talking about all the adverse side effects. And yet we're told time and time again, oh yeah, just get the vaccine, get the boosters. There's no, there's no studies for this. We don't know how it's going to work. We don't know adverse side effects. We know that they're not particularly good. We know they're not providing immunity. We know they changed the definition of vaccine. We know that Fauci now has openly declared that he is looking at changing the definition of fully vaccinated. Corruption, crony capitalism at a bare minimum. We paid these pharmaceutical companies to develop these vaccines They didn't have to spend a penny on the research themselves. The government is buying the vaccines with our taxpayer funds, distributing them, and they're reaping a windfall. And so there you have it. The government has blood on their hands. Lives could have been saved if they'd listened to Trump. You know, that's why it's true. Joe Rogan's a better doctor than Tiny Tony. Joe Rogan has saved more American lives than Tiny Tony. That's the truth. The great tiny Tony. Uh, So needless to say, I won't be getting my first booster shot, my second, third, fourth, fifth, or even the vaccine to begin with. But I'm not trying to be controversial. You know, this this is the problem too with the vaccine, right? I got friends and family who are vaccinated and unvaccinated. I don't care. But how do I put this? You know, I see... With some people, especially conservatives that are prominent in the media, they're always touting, I ran, I got the vaccine as fast as I could. And I think of a lot of it is a defense of Trump. And this leads me to my, my next point. Donald Trump, you know, his base was totally loyal to him, has been throughout everything he's been through. And the media tried desperately, has always tried, is still trying to separate him from his base. And it's been an unbroken bond. People don't understand it. I mean, on the left, we do. But I'm telling you right now, this is my warning to Trump. You know, look, I mean, the fact that, look, the fact that everyone, you all have your own opinions. This is mine. I'm telling you my opinion. Okay? Take it or leave it. But the fact that the Democrat Party is still trying so desperately to ensure that Donald Trump can never run for election again tells me that he is a formidable adversary. And if you put 2020 out of your mind and all the shenanigans that went on, if you, if you accept the fact that, look, they won because of mail-in ballots, they won because 81 million votes for Joe Biden, give me a break. Nobody buys that. Nobody buys that. Everywhere he goes, let's go, Brandon is chanted. It defies reality, okay? And we know that that, that, that um, election fraud took place. I just told you, I can't get, don't shut me down, Spotify and Apple. I was talking about an AP article. AP said voter fraud took place. We know this. So he is a strong candidate and should have won in 2020, but didn't for the reasons we know and have spoken about. And so I'm getting tired of the Republicans and conservatives. This is just me of people piling on on Trump now. Oh, he's too old. He's got too much baggage. Look, they're going to treat any candidate we put out there like Trump. They're going to treat DeSantis differently. They're not going to treat DeSantis any differently. They're already attacking him. They'll say the same things about him. Trump, what else can they say? He's gone through fire. And he's still standing. And I want a vengeance tour. I do. I think that's a powerful answer. It's time for us to get revenge on them. And it's not revenge for the sake of revenge. It's revenge that's necessary. Based on the January 6th committee, the impeachments, the corruption, rampant. And one person can't save America. That's the point too. Trump can't do it alone. We learned that when he won election in 2016. The deep state. The depths of depravity and corruption in our own government. But look, you run Donald Trump who's already been battered, what else can they do and say to him about him? What new lives can they spend? No, they don't have any fresh meat. It's all wasted. It's tired. It's old. It's worn out. And you get Trump in there, and then you get two years of Ron DeSantis after that. You run Ron DeSantis, you get him one year, maybe you get him then, and then who's your candidate down the road? But we've got... We've got to look long-term here. Twelve years, we can do a lot of repairing to America. And so my main argument for Trump is, one, look at how, how scared the media and the Democrat Party are from him. They know they didn't win in 2020 fairly. They know that, and that's why they're fighting. Because if Trump gets anything close to the turnout that he got in 2020, and we shore up voter election uh, you know, integrity in these states... They can't do what they did. They can't get the fraudulent votes needed again. But to my point, it is the vaccine issue that is the only thing that can separate Donald Trump from his base. He needs... Look, I am not. I don't believe in apologizing to the left. It's like uh, Lauren Boebert who, who made the joke about Ilhan Omar not having a backpack and she felt safer in the elevator. You don't apologize to these leftists. They'll put the noose around your neck and you're done. But when it comes to the issue of the vaccine, Trump needs to understand, he must understand that Americans are tired of this and they don't want somebody that sounds like the left. He needs to say, he needs to come out and admit that he was bamboozled by the people he trusted. It's not going to hurt him. I'm tired of the left. They never apologize for anything. Joe Biden, they always blame it somewhere else. But Trump, he listened to the people around him. That's not, I don't blame that on him. He's an outsider. He came in trusting people, just like the American people trusted the FBI, for example. And he learned the hard way, just like we've learned the hard way. But he's got to admit, look, yeah, yeah, he can be proud of Project Warp Speed, Operation Warp Speed. He can be proud of all of that. But he needs to acknowledge that he was misled all along by Fauci and these other bureaucrats. Because the pandemic was not handled correctly. We should never have shut down for 15 days. That was the gateway to everything that happened. Once we gave up 15 days, the fix was in. They could do what they wanted with us. They could continue to to, to treat us like they're pets. Like some kind of animals. Like some kind of experiment. And that was a mistake. And look... He was between a rock and a hard place, but he should come out and say, I learned my lesson. And he should not be pushing this vaccine anymore. Because if you acknowledge the reality of the situation, the vaccine's not working. We needed herd immunity that was natural. We needed these therapeutics. And he can make that argument. Look, I I was the first to talk about hydroxychloroquine. And look, it saves lives. I was right again. But with, with Operation Warp Speed and the vaccine, he needs to back off of this. He needs to back off. He needs to say, look, all of you were wrong about this. I bought it for a while, like a lot of Americans, but I'm backing off. I'm backing off. It's a miracle that this was able to happen when you remove the red tape. But look, the polio vaccine took 25 years to develop until it was safe. We need more time. We need to get off the American people's backs People that want to get vaccinated get vaccinated, but we need to get out of this. We need to look at the data. Like Ron DeSantis, we need to provide treatment options because you can get COVID and survive without the vaccine. If you detect it early and if you provide treatment options quickly. So that's kind of my spiel right now about Donald Trump. Look, the, look, the, the, the pieces, the pawns on the, ch- on the uh, chessboard, they can always move and change and everything else, but I still stand behind Donald Trump if he wants to run in 2024. I'm not going to be one of these conservatives out here, out there, like some of my counterparts, who are just, you know, it's become popular in the conservative movement to distance yourself from Trump now. And these same people were hailing him, praising him, until what, 2020, and now they've soured on him. And I'm not going to buy the leftist lie, all right, that he's unpopular, all this. It's not true. It's not true. We can't listen to the Democrat Party to tell us who we need to nominate and what to do. Donald Trump's finished. He's Hitler. They can never win. No, I don't take my cues from CNN. In fact, I go to CNN so I know what to do. If they hate Trump and they fear him and they think he's Hitler, well, I'm going to stand behind him. (laughs) Because if they're scared of him, It's for a reason. They know something that the Republicans and conservatives seem to be denying themselves today. So this is a, you know, I get it. My opinion, it's, it's, um, you know, it's, it's, it's a little bit divisive here. You got different camps of people, but look, I'm not going to sit here and, and, and blow smoke. I'm not going to say something I don't mean. And that's my opinion. Um, I think there was one more story I wanted to get to. I'm kind of, I'm kind of almost out of time. Let's just do this. Um, ESPN is releasing a documentary about Bubba Wallace. Bubba Wallace is the black uh, NASCAR racer that brought in an entire team of, I don't know how many, a dozen FBI agents to investigate a potential hate crime against him. Right? He found a noose. But it wasn't a noose. It was a pool cord. Uh... You know, in the uh, his garage there, and so the all the FBI came in, investigated. We know that it wasn't a noose; nobody put it there. It was literally a pool cord that was already there. It's it had always been there. But of course, Bubba Wallace probably seeing Juicy Smollett's success, Juicy Smolier, the French the former French actor Juicy. Well, he went on with this too, to bring himself more fame and notoriety. He, he rode the moment of the media narrative of this. I mean, the guy's a NASCAR. I'm, give me, whatever. Give me a break. But anyway, so now ESPN is releasing a documentary, or it's been released. You can see the, the, uh, anyway, they're, and, and they're promoting the hoax, as if it happened for real. Basically, we know it's not, it's basically like ESPN doing a documentary on Juicy Smolier. And, Telling us about the hate crime against Juicy. That's what they did with Bubba Wallace. Absolutely infuriating, but this is my point. They're doubling down on the lie. They, they're they so audacious now. They're so bold in their willingness to just make up and rewrite history as it happens that they're putting out this. It's really unconscionable. Um, ESPN, I, I, I don't know what to say. It, I mean, it's a it's a disgrace, certainly. But you know, this is part of the problem. Every all of these corporations, all these enterprises, they're all in on the narrative, all in on trying to damage. Look, all this is aimed again towards 2022, 2024, in the future elections. It's about painting Republicans and conservatives as that which we aren't. We're proven time and time again. We're always vindicated. And yet the left continues to say, oh, yeah, Party of White Supremacy and so on and so forth. But anyway, I just thought you should should know Bubba Wallace mistook. I mean, that's generous. He mistook a noose, a, a pull cord as a noose, and it was proven false even after the FBI came in, determined there was no noose. It wasn't a hate crime. And ESPN is producing a documentary telling us about the hate crime that happened to Bubba Wallace insanity folks. But anyway, this is Drew Allen. God bless you all, man. It feels good to sit ha- back behind this microphone with you all. I uh will shortly have some updates. I'm getting a new microphone. It's going to be legit, more legit than the one I'm using. Excited about that. And I'm going to start filming this sucker. I'm going to go on Rumble and take the show to Rumble. And I'm going to get my studio set up. And so you, shortly I'll make the announcement when it happens. You can watch me in my element. Born doing what I was born to do, apparently. So anyway, uh, been a good session. This is Drew Allen, and uh, until next time.